All right, I'd like to welcome the TAKE programs, the services here in Rocky Mount. One thing I forgot to mention is that uh, next next Sabbath is the fifth Sabbath, so we will not be having services here. So I just wanted to let everybody know that. Oh, really? Okay, Statesville will have services. Okay. I want to talk about today people that I do not like. <laughs> Now, it may not sound like, a, you know, the, the greatest Christian message, uh, people that I do not like, but uh, I was talking to Kelly this morning, had some problems with this uh, presentation here. He said, what are you talking about today? And I said, well, I'm going to be talking about people's, our potential, and other people's potential, realizing their potential. And, uh, and I said, actually, I'll start off by ta talking about things I don't like about people. And I said, you're at the top of the list, too. And... Uh, <laughs> And he said, oh, I stepped into that one. We got a kick out of it. Just kidding. <laughs> we, we kid like it. <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> but it's like the uh, saying that I remember seeing on a shirt one time. I thought about buying it. It said, the more people I meet, the more I like my dog. And, you know, it is very... And I've been guilty of this, of having sort of a cynical view towards people. It's easy to get into that trap. I know of a person, uh, of course she, she uh, I'm not going to put her on the spot here, but uh, instead of having a doormat that says, welcome friends, it says, go away. And uh, <laughs> I can very much relate to that, and I got the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> won't tell you the full story behind that, but... Uh, I like that. I can very much relate to that. You know, you walk up to the door, you look down, go away. <laughs> Life is an experience. Life is an experience, and sometimes that experience leads us to dislike a lot of people. And it can be a number of things that leads to this. It can be you can go through a bad marriage and have a bad view, a bad attitude toward marriage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm glad you agreed to that. <laughs> Business deals gone bad, you know, you can have a bad attitude toward people. Uh, living in a crowded city would, would cause me to, to, to have, you know, it really would. Uh, there's a reason why. I think where I live is crowded. Um, <laughs> I need to get away, you know. It's, uh, people that have hurt you. People that have lied to you. Uh, I gave a message a couple of weeks ago about ten defining moments and how that some of those defining moments can cause us, can mold you and shape you and cause you to distrust people. Now, I have, I have to admit, I have a hard time understanding the love of God. I will admit that. I have a hard time understanding. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die for our sins. What is it about you that God loved so much that he was willing to die for? What is it about other people that God loved so much that he was willing to send his son to die for their sins? We'll touch on it. And it has a lot to do with a word I'll give you now. Potential. Your potential. What is it about other people? You know, people you meet every day. Now, it's a good thing, I figured this one out very quickly in my relationship with God, it's a good thing that I'm not God. <laughs> Loving humanity to that degree that I would give, you know, 
my son, my child, or I would give myself to die. It's hard, to, it's hard for me to understand that. Now, maybe in the future you will get your chance. You know, maybe, I don't know what will happen. You know, there are all the other universes that are out there, all the other uh, worlds uh, that are there. Maybe one day, after it's all said and done, you can go out to one of these, uh, you know, planets and put it in the right position and create your own human race of people and, and uh, you know, create it, mold it, shape it, breathe into it the breath of life, create your own species of people, and, of course, they would sin. And someone would have to die. You know, I don't know how all that would work, but would I be willing to die for my special creation? I don't know. I struggle with that. I try to say, I forget them, you know. You know, once they, you know, look, the wages of sin is death. Let them live out their three score and ten, you know, years, 70, 80 years. But when, you know, that's it. You die, you know, that's it. That's the end of my creation. That's probably my approach. Now, there's a lot of people I don't like. Have you ever met a person that you wish you'd never met? <laughs> oh, well, the tape program, I don't think I heard that, but it was funny. Anyway. <laughs> you know, I have several people, and it's such, it's such a horrible thing. You know, I, I, you look and you think, does that person realize the effect that they have on other people? That there are some people that I wish I would have just never came into contact with. Isn't that a terrible thing to say? But it's true. And I like to be honest with myself in these areas. Have you ever met a person that was just so full of it that you, you wanted to gag? You know, after, you, after, after the person walked away, you just wanted to stick your finger in your mouth and just get it all, all over with, you know. I think of a guy that is, I've met, every time I meet him, you know, he'll, he's very loud. If he's talking to you, the whole parking lot around you will hear him. How you doing, David? It's good to see you. And he'll go on and on and on and on about what he's doing in his life. And I just walk away and I just think, man, you are so full of it. I just want to gag, you know, when he leaves. And the scripture will talk about he that winketh with the eyes. You ever met a person that will wink at you when they're talking to you and they're sort of shuffling their feet and winking at you and they're real loud and they sort of, you know, and you just, you know, it's just a big turnoff, you know sort of able to see straight through people like that. Sometimes people, you know, I'm turned off by people who are full of themselves. Some people fill the room with their presence. You know, it's just, and you might think that's a good thing, but they're perceived as lack of humility. You know, the, the people a lot of times will scatter from these people uh, because they're, they, they're perceived as overly confident and so just so full of themselves that they turn people off. I don't like that about people. Have you ever met something else I don't like about people? I don't like the misery lover. I've met misery lovers. I mean, people that I know that, that once you resurrect them and, you know, in the kingdom of God, once they're resurrected, you give them a perfect body, a perfect world, the kingdom of God, and they're still going to be miserable. I know that. I know that for a fact. They are still going to be miserable about something. I don't like people that are cleverly, real clever, manipulating people, you know, who always have, you know, they always search for the right, what they're wanting to say. They, they're, they're very manipulative. They're very clever. I've met people like that. And I, I, don't, I don't like people like that. Deceitful type of people. People always want something from you. You know, I like people when you call on the phone, they say, what do you, you know, how can I help you? I like that. You know, get to the point. 
quit wasting my time. Let's get this over with. And, you know, I can go about my business. You can, you can go about yours. How can I help you? Now, sometimes we need to ask, but please hold on. Strap yourself to your chair. Hold yourself upright when you ask this. But you can ask, you might want to ask yourself sometimes, how am I perceived to you? How do you view me? Get ready to get your feelings hurt. But, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like lazy people either. I do not like lazy people. We've had the opportunity, Ronnie and I, to work some lazy people. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's always a horrible turnoff to work lazy people. One guy, I remember I accused him, I said, you know, you could write a book of 101 reasons why you can't work. He never had the same excuse. Never. It's just one right after another of an excuse why he couldn't work. I don't understand laziness because, for me, material things always appealed to me. If I could make money, I could buy this, I like that. <laughs> and it was just an incredible motivator for me. You know, a drive. And, but I see people who just don't care about none of that. You know, just oh, so what? If I could get that, I'm not going to work for it. I don't like lazy people. I don't like women without class. <laughs> I, in our culture, there is an obsession with what I call a cheap, trashy look. You see it in magazines, newspapers. It's just, you know, it's like the country western song, I like my women a little on the trashy side. But I don't like that. And I can tell it in a heartbeat when, when a woman is, as I mentioned at the feast, trying to stir up a hormonal response from a man. If I see that, I'm very aware of that. You know, there's an inner hidden beauty that is more appealing to me that only I know about. I, I like that. So I was at a store, and Charles, one, of, one, one guy that works with us sometimes, he, uh, a girl got out of the car that he knew, and he, she, whoo, boy, I mean, she was loud and cursing, and what are you doing, Charles? And just, I thought, man, you know, using vulgar language, and I thought, well, I hope she's never looking for a date. You know, that's just, <laughs> she's never going to get it. You know? But, you know, women without class turned me off turn me off. Um, but I've said all that. I've gone through a list of things I don't like about people, and maybe you can relate to some of them. But I've said all that to turn to a scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. It's just a statement that we know is true, but I want to clarify something here. It says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You're not your own. You don't own your own body. You, you're, you are the possession of someone else, and that is God. God owns you. You're his property. We know what this means, that you have the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized, you received the Holy Spirit of God. There are people, you know, just because you're not a Christian doesn't mean that your body is not the temple of God. In other words, your body was designed to be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. All people. That's the reason it exists in the way your body, human beings, were designed to be. Your body is the temple of God. God. Now, there are people who do not have that Holy Spirit, but that's the original intent, intent of, of your body. In other words, all human beings, well, not all, but many human beings are an empty shell, a hull designed by God to encompass, to hold the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, the original intent of God creating the body was to be the temple of God, the dwelling place of God's Holy Spirit. So, when I look at all the people that rub me the wrong way, a woman without class, the lazy person, the misery lover, 
meeting people that are full of it, people that you wish you'd never met. What I had to realize is that they are empty temples. Empty temples. They're full of the world and what the world has to offer, but they are empty temples. It is, not, it is not that their bodies are not the temple of God. It's just that the temple is empty. It's an empty shell. And I, I sometimes see, you know, I go maybe to a funeral and you'll see this person laid down in that casket. And they lower that person down in the grave. And they come into this world an empty shell. And they leave this world an empty shell. An empty temple. Empty, empty temple is the title of this message. Or empty temples. And I have here on the uh, slide here... The way we view people. The way we view people. A little saying I got out of the Christian clip art. It says, what is a weed? What is a weed? A plant whose virtues have not yet been discovered. You ever thought about that? This old weed is out there, and it can become very beautiful. A plant whose virtue has not yet been discovered. What is a human being? A temple that has not yet been filled. A person whose virtues have not yet been discovered. I'm going to go back to that one. I'll leave it there. When I began to realize this about people, it gave me a fresh look, a, a fresh outlook about people. It gave me some compassion and mercy about viewing people, especially these people that rub me the wrong way, as an empty temple. Now, sometimes... We look at our church, sort of switching gears here, and we look at our church and we think, well, you know, we don't have a lot of people in our church. But sometimes a church can be just a reflection of your culture. An empty church might represent the fact that there are so many empty lives out there. And when you start ministering to those empty lives, God will fill your church if you do it the right way. And sometimes our approach of, of, of outreach has been, well, we'll show them a new way to worship God. Uh, we'll show them a different way to worship God. We'll show them, you know, maybe about whatever it may be, pagan holy days or whatever. But a person who has an empty life, a life that's empty, an empty temple, you know, may not care about many of those things that we try to reach out to them with. There may be something more, more, more poignant in that person's life that we need to reach them with. I was watching Charles Stanley on TV. He was going through a message on reaching your full potential. That's where I got a lot of this idea from. And at the end of the message, he didn't have an altar call, but he usually, Charles Stanley, in a lot of his messages, he'll get around to the end of the message. He'll say something like, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Not in all of his messages, but he was, he was talking, and he said to the audience, he said, now, he was speaking to the audience, he said, now, I, someone's going to say, I knew you were going to get around to that. I knew you were going to get around to it. And he said, the reason is, there is no getting around it, accepting Christ as your person. And that hit me. I knew that, but it hit me like a slap in the face. There is no getting around Jesus Christ. As a church, have we forgotten this? Have we forgotten that little simple point? Now, I know that, that Jesus Christ can be in the Sabbath day, and he is. Jesus Christ is in the holy days, and I was so glad to hear that David Johnson was doing a little brochure on that very fact of how Christ is in the holy days. And I thought, well, what a breath of fresh air. That's a little different approach there. Do we preach that there is no getting around Jesus Christ? Because other churches do. Other churches, they'll, they'll pinpoint that message nearly every time, that there is no getting around that. 
Now, I want to look at three basic needs that all people have. We have them, of course, but I'm sort of viewing more of people outside this little group here. Three basic needs that all people have. Number one, the need to discover and fulfill their awesome potential. That's a basic need that beats within the heart of human beings. The need to discover and fulfill their awesome potential. Look at Psalms 139, if you would. Psalms 139 and verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul know right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. It talks about you created me in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in the books of all my members were written, uh, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them awesomely and wonderfully made is how we are before we were born god had a plan for us and it talks about that you know from your in your mother's womb there was a plan that god looked at you and knew you and he had a plan a plan that you would reach your awesome potential you might say that all of mankind would one day reach his awesome full potential and you know uh you can't look at this passage of scripture without thinking about the issue of abortion. That's not the point I'm trying to make here. But one minister said, before we knock those who abort, we really need to consider ourselves and aborting our great. You know, we need to not so much look at, well, look at it, yes, but we really need to consider our own great potential that God has for us and not to abort that plan that God has. Three basic needs that we have and that all people have. And if you understand this, if you keep this in mind, I think it will give you a better hand on reaching people. The need to discover and fulfill their awesome potential. Number two, the need to fill that empty space. The need to fill that empty space. You know, I've told the story before when I was at a party, you know, just looking around at people having fun and all that. And I just thought, as a teenager, I thought, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. I am missing something here if this is all it is to it. And I was watching people, you know, they were in, jumping in the pool. Uh, one guy was sick and throwing up behind the bush. And, and uh, I just looked at it all and I thought, man, there's got to be more to life than this. If this is all it is to it, I, I've got my head stuck in the sand. I'm missing something. Found out later there was something more to life. Acts 2 and verse 38 says, Acts 2 and verse 38, I'll have to turn there, but oh no, no, well, maybe I do have it. Okay. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was the thing I was missing back then, the Holy Spirit. That was what I was an empty temple, walking around an empty temple. And what I needed was the Holy Spirit to fill that empty temple. The need to fill that empty space is something that every individual deals with if he's lacking the Holy Spirit of God. Life has no meaning, no purpose, no reason, no rhyme without you know, that empty space. Now, when you consider all that God created, you think of, oh, I mentioned this before, but you know, the earth traveling around the sun, 64,000 miles per hour. You know, I'm surprised we're not plastered to the wall right now. You, know, you think about that, 64,000 miles right now as we sit here. 64,000 miles per hour going around the sun. You think about creation, all that God has created, the moon, the stars, the heavens, the galaxy, the universe. Think about, you know, a, a brook on a warm summer day, the birds singing, 
the beautiful ocean. You go, you go to the beach, you know, and you look at that beautiful ocean, the waves coming in, how beautiful it is. A moonlit night when the moon is full, all of God's creation. You think about the animal kingdom, you know, little puppy dogs, the joys that they bring, a cat, a kitten, a horse. But none of these things, none of them that I've just mentioned, can love God in return. A tree cannot love God in return. The grass cannot love God. The animals are, they go on instinct. They cannot in return love God. You are the only one that can make that decision to do that, to love God in return. And how do we do it? Well, again, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall have your temple filled. And what is sin? We all know that. Sin is the breaking of God's law. There's a half million different ways people try to fill that empty space, and none of them work. The third point, the need for Jesus Christ. Again, as, as, as Stanley said, there is no getting around it. And you know, we try, in a way, different methods. We try, well, let's, let's do this, let's do that. But there is no getting around Jesus Christ. You have to come to him. Look at Acts 4 and verse 10. Acts 4 and verse 10. You know, it's a, in a way, these three points is as simple, as, as just as plain and simple, sort of like that song we listened to earlier. That was a simple song. Going out, confessing your sins, accepting Christ as your Savior, being baptized, and coming up a new man. Boy, that's, that's just, that's cut and dry, simple. And this is a simple message. And I sometimes think that simplicity just blows right by people, and they just, you know, we complicate our lives for no reason. Uh, Acts 4 and verse 10 be it known of you all and to all people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Peter is speaking here. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's no getting around Christ. You know, maybe, as I mentioned earlier, an empty or stagnant church can be a reflection of the people's lives that we need to be reaching. There's so many empty people out there. There's so many empty temples. There's so many people who are just a shell of a person, and they go to the grave, a shell, an empty temple. Do you think God wants your church to grow? Now, I know, I know I can just hear someone saying, well, Dave, you don't understand, you know, we've got all these differences. <laughs> we have all these differences, you know, Dave. We've got these differences that stand in the way. I no longer care about the differences. The differences is no longer my God. Turning closing to 1 Corinthians 13. Again, a simple message here. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Notice this. I understand all knowledge. I have it all, Lord. You're giving it all to me. And though I have all faith, so that I could not remove, could remove mountains, I could remove mountains, and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. You ever thought about that? That, that, that you can actually go out and do loving things and still not have love? That's what it's saying here. Feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me no, nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envy not, love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. 
bears all things, believes all things, loves, hopes all things, love will endure all things, love never fails. But where there is prophecies, they shall fail. Where there, there is tongues, they shall cease. And where there is knowledge, it shall vanish away. Do you find it hard to love those empty temples? Do you find it hard to love those empty temples? Do you find it hard to rise above the empty temples that you meet, the people that you meet, the people that rub you the wrong way, the people you don't like, they're just empty temples. That's all they are, just empty temples. Designed by God to be the very temple of God, but never filled, and filled with all the filth and rot of this world, but not filled with God's Spirit. And I think of myself, you know, I, I have from time to time been mean-spirited, judgmental, cynical. Yes, and the more people I meet, the more I like my dog. <laughs> You know, his only problem is that dogs are not being offered salvation, at least not to my knowledge. Uh, <laughs> in fact, is I never met an empty dog. Uh, <laughs> maybe one that's hungry. <laughs> dogs do by instinct what they were designed to do, and that's love us human beings. People respond to what they were designed to respond to. If I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. So the, the three points that people have, the, the basic needs that people have in their lives, the need to discover and fulfill their awesome potential, the need to fill that empty space, and the need for Jesus Christ. And so when I come back to the ultimate question, how God could so love the world that he gave his only begotten son, my conclusion is that God loves weeds. <laughs> like the little saying on the front here. Because those weeds, you and me, have incredible potential that only God can see and knows about. So the bottom line is the need for Christ because there is no getting around Jesus Christ.